Thank you for listening to the Sozo Ministries podcast. I'm Scott Ingram, the Apostolic Overseer of Sozo Ministries, and your host for this podcast. Sozo Ministries is a Christian leadership development and church planting ministry working in East Africa, registered in Uganda and Kenya. Two days ago, the President of Uganda made an announcement following in the steps of many government leaders around the world that people should cease gathering in numbers larger than 10, effectively closing down schools, church congregations, businesses, and many other areas of normal life. As our churches are closing across the country, but making commitments to keep praying for one another, keep meeting in small groups, and do things on social media as much as possible, I was given the privilege of preaching the final public service at Holy Spirit Fire Church in Umbarara, Uganda, immediately after the President's announcement. I spoke on the issues of fear, faith, and overcoming this virus, and I want to share this message with you today. I hope it encourages you and that you're blessed by the Word of God. Tonight... I know I'm privileged to speak to you. Because we've heard this announcement. And I, I really, as Pastor was speaking, I was sitting there. And I hold, heard the Holy Spirit whispering. The devil thinks he won. You know this word corona. It comes from a Latin word. Meaning crown. In English, this is the crown virus. It's a false crown. It's a false king. But it's it, in fear, it is taking over the whole world. In truth, Uganda faces diseases more deadly than this every day. Typhoid and malaria, Typhoid and malaria. each kill mo- many times the number of people coronavirus has killed every day. And yet the church has never hidden. Because we know the God we serve. And so, even with this announcement tonight, the devil is celebrating. Because he thinks he won. The church of God can't meet. But Jesus brought to mind something. There was another day the devil thought he won. When Jesus was hanging on the cross. And he breathed his last breath. Satan celebrated. He succeeded in his mission. He destroyed the man who was supposed to be the Messiah. He couldn't get him to sin in the days of of temptation. But he succeeded in killing him. And then what happened? We know the, the famous creeds. He descended into hell. He removed the authority from the devil. He removed the devil's crown. And he rose again. And not only did he rise again, but we have risen with him. 
That one act where the devil thought he had won was his biggest mistake. And he's made another one tonight. Last Wednesday, a week ago, every morning when I wake up, I go into my prayer room. I read my Bible. And then I fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because I want to know what he's speaking. And last Wednesday I asked him, what about this virus? And God spoke to me some things about this virus. He told me that this disease has been created to die. Because God is allowing this virus to rise. He didn't cause it. He's allowing it to rise, to bring fear to the nations, to put everybody on alert. And what he told me is that this disease is going to go away as fast as it rose. But when it goes away, it's going to even confound the wisdom of the scientists. It's not going to go away because they create a vaccine or a medicine. Those things may happen. But this disease is supernaturally going to disappear. And this is what the Lord told me. He said, when you do encounter this virus, do not be afraid. Because you're my people. And I'm your healer. And then he said, stay close to me. I am going to use this crisis to build a testimony around my people again. As a people who are not afraid, and as a people who live in supernatural health, this disease is going to be one of the things that propagate a global revival. Because while the world is confused, my people will know exactly what happens. And they will testify to the truth. If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 2. I want to read us just one scripture. I honestly don't want to take a long time tonight. Because I know with this announcement, you have other things you need to make arrangements for. But I want to encourage you to, to lift your faith. So in Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 6, uh, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught 
abounding in thanksgiving. The world is living in fear tonight. But you are to be grounded in your faith. So that not only are you built up, but it says your roots go deep. So that you can stand by faith. If you've received Jesus, walk in him. This is a Holy Spirit filled church. Galatians 5 tells us the same thing. That for those of us who, are, who live by the Spirit, I believe that means those that are born again by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We do not fall back like the world in any crisis. You know, I've been talking to my family in America. And it's a joke what's happening in America. Because I know here in Africa, the coronavirus is spreading. People are running to buy things like rice and beans and bindi to make sure you have supplies. You know in America, there's a crisis right now. America has run out of toilet paper. That's what the people, when they hear about this virus, are running and grabbing in fear. I'm telling you, I spoke to my mom. She said, we have no toilet paper. She said, I went to five different stores. None of them had it. I'm thinking, take water. And bathe. I'm telling you, this is the world lives in fear and it makes them do crazy things. My spiritual father in the US says this Fear is faith in the devil. So God says, do not be afraid. He says, you have received Christ, now walk in Christ. Let your faith guide your decisions. And so in this season, we have to be faithful. And maybe that means doing some things that are wise. We don't come to serve Sunday service. If the disease reaches Uganda, we need to be limiting contact. But as our faith drives us, it doesn't mean we don't do anything. As I prayed, we need to go twice as hard in worship. As Pastor said, this is an opportunity for us to reach more people with the preaching. 
Because your neighbors may never come to church. But when they're sitting at home doing nothing, hiding from a virus, you can encourage them, turn on the radio and listen to my pastor. We let our faith drive us forward. Verse number 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition or according to the elementary spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Mwerinde hatajuro muntu oabanyajisa obwenje wabantu, nobri ariobutine mugashu, omukura tera emijenzo yabantu, no kura tera ebyukubanza, ebyumunseji, okutakura tera kristo. You're hearing a lot of things in this season. But in all seasons, we have to do what Paul commanded to the Corinthian church. To take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of Christ. I'm telling you, I've been around Christians now in Uganda and Kenya for the last two months. And these, these news reports and the fear that they're bringing has taken too many Christians captive. That's not God's desire. We need to do exactly what I told you I did last Wednesday. We need to take every report we hear back to the Holy Spirit. And say, God, what do you say about this? What am I supposed to do about this? Because if we're a Holy Spirit church, it means this church should be filled with spirit-led people. Amen? Amen. And then he, he goes into talking about Christ and his death. In verse 9. In Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and all authority. You know, my favorite thing about the Great Commission is that before Jesus commissions us, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to me. And then he says, I'm giving my authority to you so that as you follow me, you can have an impact in this world. You've been raised up into Christ. Been filled in Him. We operate in His authority. That's the point of this scripture. But where I want us to land, I encourage you to read all of it. But where I want us to land is verse number 14 and 15. Actually, start in 13. 
It says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Namwe, ababire baferira umbyo kushisha byanyu, numukutasharwa kwembiri yanyu, lahanga kabahindra bahurire hamwe nawe, kuyaherize kutsasira ibyo kushisha bitu byona, yaragaze ibyahandikirwe aharupapura, ibyabene bitureme nibitu ndutuomesereza nibiturega yarwihaho yarubamba ahamusharaba. I'm going to pause there for just a second. I told you my ministry is called Sozo Ministries. Let me explain what this means. The word Sozo is a Greek word. The Bible wasn't written in English or Luganda. The apostles were writing in Greek. And they use this word Sozo all the time. Most of the time, your Bible translates it as the word saved. So in Mark chapter 16, where it says, He that believes and is baptized will be saved. It's this word sozo. But the Greek language is so deep. It has meaning that we don't understand in English. And so this word actually means complete salvation. Now how many of you know that you exist in three parts? You, you are a body, a soul, and a spirit. Your soul is the thing that is talking when you say, I am Scott, it's your identity. It's your consciousness. You are a soul. You have a body that is right now seated in this earth. You also have a spirit that right now is seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Because of what I call the great exchange. He sent his spirit to dwell with us. And our spirits are dwelling with him. Now, for salvation to be complete, it has to touch all three parts of you. So this word salvation, if, or sozo, if you look it up in a dictionary, it also has three parts. You are saved from your sins. Your soul has been redeemed. You're reconciled to God. When you say, I am saved, again, it is the soul that is speaking. That's why we talk about going soul winning. 
Seeing souls saved. But then it also touches your spirit. And it carries this idea of being saved from bondage to your enemy. That means you're saved from the power of the devil. Deliverance. Amen? Amen. It also means you are saved from sickness and disease and death. Your body is healed. Now I could point you to Psalm 103. That says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And do not forget all his benefits. Who forgives all of your sins stole who heals all of your diseases body and who redeems you from the pit of slavery spiritually saved from the devil so if you're born again tonight you have the promise of a complete salvation that's why we don't back down in fear from things like disease that's why we don't run away from intimidation by the devil because as Colossians said, we are in him and he has all the authority. And what can separate us from him? So I want you to understand that first of all. But I want you to see what he says in verse 15. This is my favorite verse in all the Bible. The Bible says this. He disarmed the rulers and authorities. And he put them to open shame by triumphing over them. That was Colossians 2.15. Let me give you a history lesson. And if you tune in on Sunday morning to the radio, I'll take this topic deeper. I want you to understand about the Roman the, a nation that had the biggest army I've ever seen. Citizens of Rome happened to pay taxes to build the army. You know where the book of Acts says the people were giving every everything they had to the church. It's because if they give 90% to the government, all they had left was their tithe. But they tithed anyway. But the Roman Empire 
they built this massive army and they went out conquering all of the nations at the highest point of that empire from Europe to Asia into North Africa. And what they would do is the army would march from their conquer them and then tell those people you're now Roman. But they were a brutal people. This is the people that designed the cross. So they didn't just destroy the army. But what they would do is they would take the king of that kingdom. They would remove his sword and his weapons. They would remove his rings that is how kings would sign their documents. The thing that gave them authority and power in their kingdom. And they would take that king, strip him completely naked, and put him in chains. And they would lead that king throughout his kingdom. In, in every town and city. And would whip him and beat him and force him to cry out. I'm not your king. There's a new king in this kingdom. Caesar is king. The Roman king is now your king. I'm not your king. Now you have that understanding. Look again at Colossians 2.15. It says Jesus disarmed the powers and authorities. That means that while Jesus died on the cross, what he did is he went to hell and he took the devil's sword, he took his crown, he took his royal robes, he took his authority rings, he took the devil naked and put him in chains. And your version NIV says he made a public spectacle of them. When Jesus rose from the dead, what the Apostle Paul says happened in the spirit realm is that Jesus stripped the devil naked and put him in chains and leads him throughout the earth crying out, I'm not your king. There's a new king. Jesus is king. This is why the Bible says that Jesus always leads us in a triumphal procession. He leads us in a victorious parade. 
And everywhere the church goes, the devil's authority is stripped down. I'll talk more about this Sunday. But Jesus told Peter, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Now, I've been driving through Umbarara. I've seen many of the homes and businesses here. They have big gates. They have a big fence. Let me do a quick survey. How many of you have been walking down the street? You see a gate on somebody's fence. And then that gate comes and attacks you. Anybody? No. A gate is not a weapon of attack. It is a weapon of defense. We have a gate on our ministry base in Mbali. To keep enemies out. To protect my children. To protect what belongs to us. The Bible says the devil is trying to put a fence around his little kingdom. Not to attack you. But he's trying to keep you out. But the gates of hell cannot prevail. It means that the church of Jesus Christ when we're operating in the power of the Holy Spirit we come up to his defenses and we kick down the gates so bringing this back to where we began tonight the devil thinks he won the devil right now is going around claiming coronavirus is king but I want to encourage you of Christ that you need to know who you are in him. You need to know the authority that you carry because he has already defeated the devil chained for a thousand years. I believe that's prophetic language for a long period of time. I believe it started the day Jesus died on the cross. He said the devil was thrown into chains for a thousand years so that he could not deceive the nations any longer. Because everywhere the name of Jesus is proclaimed, the devil has no victory. I'm telling you right now tonight in Uganda, coronavirus is a deception of the devil. But it is time for the church of Jesus Christ to stand up and say, not in my city. Not in my nation. Because the devil is a liar. He's an enemy who Christ has put under our feet. And I will not allow this deception to stand. And so we may not be in this building for a month. But I'm telling 
telling you you have access to the courts of heaven and if we will go boldly into his throne room in intercession in prayer in fasting in seeking what the Holy Spirit instructs us to do Revival is going to come because of this virus. Because this virus, where tonight the devil thinks he has won, is another opportunity for Jesus to prove his victory. So that once again, in all the world, the devil has to proclaim, I'm not the king. Jesus is king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? And I want us to pray. I want us to pray specifically for ourselves that tonight, even as we leave this place, the Holy Spirit would give us a confidence in who we are in Him and the promise we carry. Some of you need to go home and read Psalm 91. I'm not going to quote it for you. You need to see the promise God has for you. But this is a time of warfare. Because right now, using this virus, the devil is strengthening his gates. But he doesn't keep us out. So I want us to pray right now that Holy Spirit would speak to us about who we are and the promise he has for us. During this season, begin to pray. And so, Father, would you show us how to live as sons and daughters of the King, as loyalty, as heirs of your promise, Father? Would you come and speak to each one of us, Father? Break off a spirit of fear in Jesus' name. Break off a spirit of fear and give us a spirit of boldness, Lord, in Jesus' name. As you're praying, begin to pray that God would break off a spirit of fear. And that he would restore in the church a spirit of boldness. That we are not those who back down. But when the devil tries to rise up, we rise higher. Break off a spirit of fear in the church. Break off a spirit of fear in this nation.
begin to prophesy to the devil that I'm not afraid of you and even if you bring this disease close to me this disease has to die because I'm called to live this disease has to die because Jesus is alive and he has power over death begin to call the devil what he is He's a liar and he's the loser. And we will not surrender the victory of this battle. Tell him why he should be afraid. Because we know who the king really is. Father, tonight in the name of Jesus Christ, we stand before you as your sons and your daughters. And Father, by our divine right as your children, we take authority over this virus that is bringing destruction to the nations. And we command that this disease has to die. Father, we rebuke the name of coronavirus. And Lord, we ask that as you remove this virus from the land, may its name never be spoken again. Father, we pray that you would put protection around Uganda send angels to every border that that disease may not come to this place Father let it be delayed let it be killed whatever it takes Father we pray for your divine protection because you said you would hide us under the shadow of your wings and so Father we claim it in Jesus name and we declare our faith is in you we refuse fear we refuse to put our faith in the lie of the devil Jesus would you speak to us would you encourage us would you raise us up in boldness and would you build your people as a testimony to the nations because of what the devil's trying to do it's in Jesus name we pray Amen. Amina. Really quickly. Really quickly. 
I want you to do this. I, w- I wasn't planning on doing this, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying doing this. The devil is trying to use disease to bring fear. He's trying to use it to even tear down the church. But really quickly, I want us to kick down his gates and show him who's king. I don't think I'm allowed to lay hands. But if you have sickness in your body, if you have pain in your body, right now I want you to put your hand on wherever that pain is affecting, wherever the sickness is affecting, and we're going to pray. We're going to claim our promise because the Holy Spirit is here and by His stripes we're healed. So put your hand on your body. Father, in Jesus' name, I speak to every sickness, every disease, and every physical pain in their bodies. And I command it, get out right now in Jesus name I command pain go in Jesus name as a testimony of God's goodness right now I hear God saying there's somebody here who has pain in both knees you've been having trouble walking for a few days right right now if you'll check your knees God's healing you there's somebody here that you've had liver damage. Maybe from a lifetime of alcohol. Before you were born again. But you have damage in your liver. God is restoring your liver right now in Jesus' name. There's somebody here who has been having so much stress and anxiety that it's giving you daily headaches. I think mid-afternoon the headache starts coming and it doesn't go away. Right now God is removing a spirit of anxiety and giving you a spirit of peace. So I speak to those headaches right now in Jesus' name I command them go. Every pain, get out. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you're a healer. And so, in the face of a global disease crisis, we claim our healing right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As pastor comes, I need you to do one thing for me. If you had pain or something in your body that you can check, I want you to move and check. Things like diabetes, you can't check those things. You need a test, but if it's something you can check, try to do something you couldn't do a minute ago. Check your body. 
And if you feel like your pain or your problem has gone away by at least 80%, meaning you may not be completely healed yet, but God is obviously healing you now. Would you wave at me so we can testify to the Lord? Wave and keep waving. I'm not asking for a testimony that you believe you're healed. I'm saying if you know right now you're 80% or better healed. The healing has already manifested. Wait. I want to get the number. I'm counting about 32 or 33 people that received our healing tonight. The devil's a liar. Jesus is the king. God bless you. Hallelujah.